my favorite. It's the Cooper and Anthony Show. Excellent choice. I debated whether I was going to tell you this story or not. <laughs> then it's got to be good. Well, here's the thing. I have said on the show before that stories like this are something that I'm not about. In fact, so much so that I unfollow people on social media who talk about this kind of shit. Like, this is not my thing. So I had a very trying day today. And like I said, I agonized over whether I was going to tell you the story or not. But then I realized I share all of my life with you. There's nothing that I leave out. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the dirty stuff, the good stuff, the bad stuff. And I've shared so much of my life and my family with you. And you know so much about like, you know, the different characters in my family And uh, I thought, well, this is an important story then because it's sort of a conclusion, you might want to say, to a story I've been telling. Uh, So I had a very trying day. And the reason is because last night, um, my dog Marconi, and I'd said this to you as we were getting off the air, I said, Marconi's not feeling well. Yeah, Mm -hmm. he'll be fine. He, He had a really rough night. And he was doing this weird breathing thing and his lungs were moving weird. And I called his breeder because she knows this breed like anything. And I called her and she said, listen, I think it's gastritis. That's what it sounds like to me. Give him some kaopectate mm-hmm. and shove some uh, Pepsid in there and that'll be fine. He'll be fine. So I waited a few hours. That seemed to work. He seemed to calm down. He seemed to finally go to sleep. But then my boyfriend didn't wake me for this. Apparently, the dog had a really rough night and he had terrible diarrhea. Um, and he had thrown up once over the course of the day early on, but never again. Usually you look for like, you know, are they constantly vomiting or are they constantly pooping or mm-hmm. that kind of thing? But no, none of, none of that. So when I woke up at like five, six o'clock in the morning for some unknown reason, I saw that my dog, Marconi, was in the kitchen, just laying there in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And he never like usually he gets up from the kitchen. He moves to his bed. He has a series of beds in the house. He moves to one of them. So he was just laying in the kitchen and not really. He looked very uncomfortable. So I stayed with him and I pet him. And I tried to feed him. He wasn't hungry at all, but he did want water. Mm-hmm. So I thought, oh, God, some medication we're on that we have him on did something to his kidneys. So I call the vet first thing in the morning and the vet's like, huh, you know, that that does sound like something. Why don't you bring him in? Mm-hmm. So I get my mom's car. We drive all the way up to the vet. I live downtown. The vet's all the way uptown. Best vet in the city. I will go anywhere for this guy. Um, drive all the way up there. And I drop him off. And they said, can you leave him here for the day? We're going to take a look at him and examine him. And then we'll call you and you can come back and get him or whatever we whatever the prognosis is. We'll let you know. The vet calls almost immediately and says, I found fluid around his lungs. Mm -hmm. And I was able to take out about a liter and a liter and a half of fluid. Um, But he still has more. Let me see what this fluid is. And then when I figure that out, I'll let you know what's next. So the vet calls back a little while later. He said, okay, so here's the story. He's got this fluid around his lungs. It's pus. And you need to take him over to the only ICU hospital that uh, that he recognizes that is a good hospital here in the city called Animal Medical. Take him to their ICU. I'll, I've already called them. They know he's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just want to tell you ahead of time, what they're going to do is he's going to have all these tubes in him. He's, it's going to be scary to look at him, but it's only going to be for anywhere from three, four days to a week. Oh, my God. Yeah. 
and they monitor him 24-7. It's an ICU. But just know that it's very expensive. I said, what's very expensive? He said, this is going to run you between fifteen dollars and $20,000. <laughs> I said, well, I have pet insurance. And he said, okay, well, call them and see mm-hmm. what they're going to cover. And then you can make that decision. But he's like, if there was no money involved, would you then go do this? And I said, well, what, what do you advise? And then he told me, he said, Marconi's had pneumonia a couple of times. Mm. Uh, there's, th- without going into every little tiny medical thing about him, just know that he has this reoccurring pneumonia. He has like a dodgy kidney. He's 12 and a half years old. You know, there's a lot of things about him that moving forward, he's got arthritis. He doesn't walk very well anymore. So the, the vet said to me, the other option is you can put him down. No. And I was shocked. I was like, wait, wait, we're there? Like, literally, he was running around yesterday morning. We were squeaking toys and playing. And now the next day, we're having the conversation about putting him down. Are you kidding me? So he said, um, it, isn't this amazing? Like, This is so Sophie's choice. It's like this a $20,000 operation mm-hmm. or put your put your dog down. So I call and we've my, had this discussion before. What right. Would you yeah, do? we have. Yeah. Right. And I said, like, there's no amount of money. Like, of course, I'm going to spend the money. Right. So I call the insurance company of the twenty thousand dollars. They will kick in fifteen hundred. Fifteen hundred. Yeah. And what's yeah. your deductible? A thousand? No, a hundred. A <laughs> hundred. OK. Yeah. OK. So they're kicking in fourteen hundred. So I called my parents and I said, you know, what do you think? And my dad's like, we'll give you the money if you if you decide to do this. Mm-hmm. That's a lot to borrow. That's a lot of money. I don't even know if I can ever pay them back or when I would pay them back. Like this is like this, this is wedding money. I mean, I, I have friends that have have had weddings for less okay, than twenty thousand dollars. We're not at the hospital yet, so we don't know for sure they're going to have to do all this. They, no, they're definitely going to have to do all this. They what they have okay. to do is they have they have to keep the the fluid out of the lungs, and the way they do that is by putting these tubes in, and they just keep pumping it out while they pump in you know antibiotics or whatever the good stuff is. But it's it's 24/7. It's an ICU. Mm. There's a do- there's a doctor right there the whole time. That's why it's so expensive. <laughs> oh my God. You know? Yeah. So I'm asking everybody I know. I'm asking uh, the dog's breeder. We had a friend who's a vet in the neighborhood who's very well respected. We asked his opinion. Um, you know, it, is it time? I mean, do I make this decision to put my 12 and a half year old dog down? Mm. You know, or do I spend $20,000? on this operation and the vet was like if you're going to do the ICU you need to come get him right now and take him over there like this is a time sensitive thing you don't have days you mm-hmm. got to you know a couple hours at most we they said we have him in oxygen tank and we have him sedated and we have him on oxygen he's okay for now but you know tick tock so we drive up there and and we still don't know what we're doing we have no decision that we've made yet we're in the car driving to the vet's office to decide to either put our dog down or take him for a $20,000 operation. And we still have no idea what we're doing. Okay, so what is the consensus in the car? What are you guys leaning towards? Well, we're, go- we're, we're going with both at this point. Like, we're like, so a $20,000 operation does not guarantee. We got back on the phone with the vet. He's, mm-hmm. he's very nice and very available to us today. Um, a $20,000 operation, he said, does not guarantee that, you know, he could die while he's there at the, mm-hmm. in you know in the ICU he can get sepsis i mean there's so, there's so many options he's 12 and a half 
So that's a lot for a dog to be put through, but you know, he could potentially get through it. And then once he does, you know, all these other little things, he, he will probably get another bout of pneumonia because mm. he has this thing on his trachea, whatever he's, he's, he's susceptible to pneumonia is the thing you need to know. So, but will he get pneumonia again in a month, in a week, in a year? And if he does, how bad is it going to be? Mm-hmm. You know, so there's, you've spent $20,000 and your dog can die a week later. Mm-hmm. So and you don't get your money back. No, you don't get your money back. So we're trying to figure like, you know, usually when, when a dog is dying, you know what the decision is. Like the dog is whittling away and it's pretty obvious and you probably should have done it months ago. Mm-hmm. This isn't that. I mean, this is like this all happened very sudden. We we literally drove up to the vet's office and still had no idea what we were going to do. We still had not made a decision. My mom said, do the humane thing. You should put him down. Mm-hmm. My dad said, no way. Do everything you can and I will give you the money. Mm-hmm. So they were they were no help, you know. Um, the breeder that we spoke to, she said, you know, I think maybe it's time you should probably put him down. And the vet we spoke to was like, no, animal medical is the best. Like they'll, they're the best there is like, you'll take them there and whatever they say they're going to do, mm-hmm. they'll do. And he'll be, he'll be a hundred percent in no time at all. Like go do that. We're literally at the vet's office sitting outside, not knowing what we're going to do. Still haven't made a decision. So we decided that we were going to ask to see Marconi. And we thought, let's look in his eyes. Mm-hmm. If we look in his eyes, it'll be obvious to us if there's a spark of like, hey, guys. And then we'll be like, no, no we're totally going to take him and spend the $20,000 and not, you know, whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll get an OnlyFans if I have to. Like, whatever I got to do to to get this money, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or you look in his eyes and he's already gone. We buzz the buzzer and we say, you know, hi, we're here. Uh, to see Marconi, and they said, "Dr. Kaplan, we'll be, we'll be with you in a minute. Can you just sit down? We'll give you, you know, just sit down outside. We'll be with you in a minute." Mm-hmm. My phone rings. It's my doctor. It's Dr. Kaplan, our 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 amazing vet who has saved Marconi many times over. I mean, the dog should have died like three times mm-hmm. over the course of his life, but this doctor was like, "Oh, look what this look at this thing I found. Let's remove it. Now he's alive." Oh, look at this. Take this pill. Now he's alive. It's it's a, this guy's amazing. Um, he called and he was crying. <sighs> the vet was crying. And he said, Marconi went into cardiac arrest and he died. Are you shitting me? Yeah. Are you a, shitting me? No, no. It was amazing. It was like, we still hadn't made the decision. Are we going to put him down? Are we going to try to save his life for $20,000? You know, we, we weren't sure what we we're going to do yet. And it's so funny. It's just such a, I'm not a spiritual person. I'm not one of these like, you know, I'm just not, it's not who I am. But if I ever did believe in a higher power, this was the moment that it was like the higher power or the dog, the higher power in the dog made the decision for us. He just... He went into cardiac arrest. They tried to to revive him. They couldn't. He died. So the decision was made. And had we not hemmed and hawed, he would have been in the car with us on the way to Animal Medical. And he would have died in the car with us. We wouldn't have known what to do. Are you shitting me? Yeah. That's what happened today. That was that was, that was my day. Um, but what was really interesting is, you know, it just the, he is such a good dog. Like he's such a good, loving. This is a dog who was a therapy animal for ten out of his twelve years. I think eleven out of his twelve years, but he was he was a therapy dog for a very long time. 
And what's really, I, I like to talk about him a little bit, just tell you a couple things about him that I thought were really interesting. Look, some dogs are just pets and that's great. I've had many that are just pets that lay around that do nothing all day. He was a better person as a dog than any of us. Mm -hmm. He was a therapy animal who visited kids in the hospital that had cancer, that were dying, that had head trauma, um, kids that were severely depressed because they'd been in the hospital for so long. And I can't tell you how often I heard from the child healthcare workers that they would say, oh, my God, Michael hasn't smiled since he's been here. We have never seen him like this. And, and Michael's like, hey, Marconi and, you know, happy to see him. Um, when we were at St. Luke's Roosevelt, we had just started out. I didn't know a lot about therapy work. We had just, you know, we had just gotten certified and registered and all that kind of stuff. We were still brand new. And somebody had come to us who worked in the hospital and said, can you come to the ICU? And I thought she meant, are you available? What she was asking was, are we allowed? But I didn't know, mm -hmm. you know, so I, I, went, I went, yeah, where, when? She took us to the ICU, which is the head trauma department at St. Luke's Roosevelt Hospital. Marconi was like maybe two or three years old at the time. And there was a man there who had just been through um, brain surgery. And I guess I've, I've learned since then that when you go through a surgery like that, you need to connect to the world around you before you even start your rehabilitation. So this man was like non-compass mentis. I mean, he was just not even there. And the nurse, the wife, the doctor, they were all there trying to get this man, you know, to, to connect. And the wife said, we have two dogs at home that he's really close with. Can I bring them in? And they said, no, we can't legally have any old dog in here, but we do have a therapy animal. And let's, let's bring that dog in. So Marconi comes in and they take the man's hand and they put it on top of Marconi's goofy head. You know, he's a big dog. So it was easy for him to put the hand on the head. And he said, he said to the man, I want you to pick one of your fingers and concentrate on moving it. And you could see the man like looking around, trying really hard. And it I felt like we were there for hours. But finally, this guy's hand just moved and scratched Marconi's head. And Marconi's like, <laughs> like loving it that the guy's scratching his head. And, you know, they had him do a couple of other commands, like, you know, look, just look at the dog, look down at this beautiful dog. And after that, I found out later that we were not allowed in the ICU. Mm -hmm. um, but because it was such a successful moment with a really severe head trauma injury, they started a program that certain dogs that they were specifically trained were now allowed in the ICU to work with the head trauma patients. And now they regularly use dogs in these situations because of Marconi. Marconi won a national AKC Therapy Dog of the Year Award. He was given the award at the Javits Center. Everybody was there. They brought all the 9-11 dogs and all the 9-11 dogs spawns and all the, and a bunch of um, fire department and uh, policemen who were there at 9-11 and they stood there saluting Marconi as he was getting his award. It was a really beautiful moment. I've got pictures of it. So this dog was better than any human I know. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I'm I'm sad that that he's gone. I I can't believe it. But even in death, he, you know, we 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 know what decision to make. He made the decision for us to make our lives easy because this is a dog who always made life easy for everyone around him. And here he is again, even in death, making life easy for us, you know, not easy because we miss him already. It's shocking um, for us. But, uh, you know, I feel really grateful that I got to live 
my life for 12 and a half years with this amazing animal and that I was around, I was on the planet at the same time this animal was on the planet and that we got to be a family for 12 and a half years. So, you know, although we're still walking around in shock at the house here, we're really grateful that we had him and that he was the guy he was. I mean, I've had a lot of dogs in my life. I've never connected to a guy like that. This guy was a special guy. So, I I, I don't know what to say. I mean, why? I'm blown away. I I, I really don't know what to say here. Yeah. No, I mean, there's not a lot to say. We we didn't really tell anybody. I'm not going to post it on any social media. I posted a picture of him today and just wrote a cute little caption. And people who know, they know. They know why I posted the photo I did of him. But I didn't write like, my dog died today because I hate that. That's the thing that I hate, which is why I wasn't going to tell you about any of this. I mean, but your dog is so your identity. I mean, (laughs) I'm blown away. I'm actually blown away, A, that you didn't tell me. I'm telling you now. I know, but you could tell me before. Well, I'd rather have your genuine reaction, which is what I got. No, I need to go sit down now. I mean, it. <laughs> I was you know, not the, expecting that. I mean, the guy, the guy actually got me the job at PLJ, if you think about it. So when I first got to PLJ and I met with Scott and Todd, they I mean, they liked me. I liked them. It was like it was kismet. We belonged together immediately. But they at the time, if you remember, I was doing the Tyra show and I was doing a lot of television. I just done Confessions of a Teen Idol and I was on like all these TV shows. And they said you know, we like you, but it looks like you're really a TV girl. We're looking for a radio girl. Mm. And I was like, uh, honey, I've been in radio at that point. It was like, you know, whatever, 10 years. Uh, I've been doing TV for like three. Mm. And my dog's name is Marconi. And they were like, oh, okay. And it was like the minute I said my dog's name is because Marconi is the award. It's like the, the best award you can win in radio. It's like the radio version of the Oscar. Right. So when I said my dog's name is Marconi, they were like, oh, okay, that's it. The job's yours. <laughs> That was that was the moment that they were like, oh, OK, not a TV girl, like definitely a radio girl. I, <laughs> I really don't know what to say. I mean, I knew this day was going to come eventually because big dogs last 12, 13, 14 years. And that's no, they good. don't even live that long. That's the right. whole thing, like 12 and a half years for like a 96 pound dog, like a bit. It's that's pretty good. I mean, yeah, so I knew this day would come, but. I also thought you would be a complete nightmare. And I think when it hits you, <laughs> when it hits you, you will be. Yeah. I don't think it's hit you yet. No, it's, you know, it's still, I'm just home. You know, this just happened and I'm just home. And, um, you know, he had uh, two other times that he was in the hospital overnight. And it just feels like that. It feels like he's in the hospital overnight. So, wow. yeah. The, but the beautiful thing was that the the vet was crying. I thought that was really interesting because he's, you know, he was really upset about it. He was very close with Marconi. He loved the guy. Well, and, you know, he saw a, him every other week. I was going to say it's a big revenue stream he no longer has. So no wonder he was crying. No, I'm just, I'm just teasing. He's not one of those kind of guys. He's actually one of these people that like truly loves animals. Like I mm. wish I love, I love animals, but this guy like just, yeah. I mean, he's vegan. He even he's vegan and his pets are vegan. I just. Yeah. Okay. All right. I mean, to upset you. Yeah. I I mean, I hung out with the dog. The dog, <clears throat> I'm emotional about it. 
you know. Well, David Seeley, who is a uh, person who runs the little shelter, who knows and is around dogs more than anyone else. He probably sees dogs literally come and go both to go to homes, but also I'm sure he's I know that he's lost a lot of pets. That's a really, really difficult you know, you want to work with animals because you want to help them. But there's also the downside of of the bad, you know, having to lose them. Um, David Seeley said, I'm really sorry to hear this. That was his gift to you. His gift to me was not making me make the decision what to do. Mm. The fact that, you know, he was kind enough to die. I don't know how to put that. Um, but he didn't want you to make the decisions what David Seeley is saying. And David Seeley is the expert in this. So yeah. if he's but you would have so yeah. uh, turned tricks to pay for that. Oh, yeah. There's no, no question. Oh, but here's the here's why I don't tell people about this kind of stuff. Do, can I get one reaction I got from somebody that I'm very close with? I'm not going to out them because I don't want I don't want to do that. Here was their reaction while they were sad, while they were sympathetic and they also have lost animals. One even recently. What she said to me was, oh, I have the perfect pet psychic for you. You should definitely talk to her and she can tell you what Marconi is thinking and feeling right now. Bitch, no. We didn't know what Marconi was thinking and feeling when he was around. Uh, no, we no, 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 we, we did. No, we <laughs> did because we. He's a really emotional, sensitive, sweet dog, which is why he was such a good therapy animal. But the fact that like some stranger is going to tell me about my dog, I don't think mm-hmm. it's yeah. one of those things where like the minute the minute they find out who you are, they go and they Google you. They look at the pictures. Oh, I remember one time. Yeah, because your Marco- whole Instagram is that dog. Yeah, yeah, right. Marconi remembers the time you took him on the boat. It's like, oh, let me guess. Uh, you saw my pictures from summer, you know, 2020, like whatever. Like, it's just it's no, like, I'm, I'm, I'm just there's I'm, people that are really into that stuff. And I and I apologize if I'm making you feel bad about it. Like if people are re- and, and people I respect are really into it. It's just not my thing. I, I'm just, I keep looking at the, the calendar to see if it's April 1st. I mean, yeah, I, I I'm not believing this because yeah, no. There are times Marconi has had a cough and you've called the show off because he's got a cough. I mean. Yeah, that that was that was um, pneumonia. (laughs) So I was smart to call the show off and take him to the vet, as you as you see. But yeah, so look, I mean, it's the best part about this. There's no good part about it. But the best part about this is that we did everything we could do for this dog at any given moment. Um, this was destined to happen. It's not like had we taken him to the vet sooner or no, this was this this vet saved his life many times over. And this was just one time that that was just not going to happen. So, you know, again, when you have an older dog who is not completely healthy, he was on a million medications, he had a lot mm. of stuff going on. You know, it's it's a shock because we weren't ready for it. It's not like, well, he has cancer. And then you take him for two treatments, like, sorry, nothing we can do. And you've prepared yourself. This was really like he was himself in a great mood yesterday morning. Right. You know what I mean? And uh, but he'd been like coughing a little over the weekend and we didn't see it as anything because it was intermittent. It wasn't like a constant cough, like when he had pneumonia. Does Joe have any emotion? Oh, yeah, this was interesting. So after since you have zero, I'm just wondering if Joe has some. (laughs) Yeah. So afterwards, once the vet called me crying and told me Marconi was had had died, um, he asked, "Did I want to see him?" I was like, "No, I don't want to see. I don't want to see my dog dead." Like, no, are you kidding no, me? You don't, no, you don't. No fucking way. Joe did. Did he really? 
Yep. Joe wanted to see him. So Joe went to see him. And when Joe came out, he was bawling. Yeah. And, and we hugged go. a lot. And huh? You didn't go back. No, I don't want to. I don't want to see my dog dead. I want the last thing I remembered was him in the. Listen, I had him on the floor of the kitchen all night. I scratched mm. him. I tried to make him happy. We spent time together. That was a goodbye. And then in the car, when the guy came and got him, you know, he was just laying there. I scratched him and I loved him and, you know, scratched his ears like he likes. And I, you know, tried to make him comfortable. But he clearly was not feeling well. He was he was not himself at that point. He was I have to say, like, on, on some level, he was he was already gone by then. I just, you yeah. sure it's not April? No, <sighs> no, it's October. Hey, I, OK, I can I can change the mood right now. Should I change the mood? I don't think you're going to be able to. I mean, it's it's affecting me a lot. I mean, oh, I played with this dog. I, I talked to this dog. I hung out with this dog. Yeah, the guy loved you. Right. And you'd be, in, you'd be in the kitchen cooking. He'd go running in. But see, even that. Okay, so before I change the mood, um, that was when I was able to walk him everywhere. He and I would go for long walks. We would go through the woods there. He would come mm. running when you cooked. You know, his back legs have been going. He's had arthritis for like a year now. He doesn't walk very well. He doesn't walk very far. He takes like a short walk every day and then comes back to the house. And, you know, the quality of life just wasn't there anyway. The pneumonia, yeah. the the arthritis. And he was a big dog. I mean, it was a big yeah. dog that has a lot of stress on every joint. But right, exactly. So, um, we gave him a great life. I mean, that guy. We took him on vacation. That guy went everywhere. He went in boats and in him, water. You took him to get jerked off. Oh well, okay. That's well. Let me tell that story. <laughs> that's a good one, actually. So, um, my the the breed of my dog is Italian Spinoni, and don't get on me about like adopt don't shop i had i had dogs that i literally found on the street and took home i was a shelter dog girl forever no okay? you, had, you wanted a, a this type of dog before you even had right. you you had a name for this dog and exactly. what kind of dog he was before you even got him right i was uh whatever station i was working at whatever we were doing i went to westminster kennel club and our good friend david fry was there and we walked around and looked at dogs together I fell in love with the Spinoni immediately. And I was like, I want one of those. And he said, you should get a standard poodle. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm getting mm -hmm. a Spinoni. Mm -hmm. So I, that's how I ended up. I just fell in love with this breed. I've always been a shelter girl, but I just fell in love with this breed, had to have one. Um, but because this breed is a relatively rare breed, my breeder is one of the best breeders in the country. They were at Westminster. She bred out. This breed tends to have doggy Parkinson's. Mm -hmm. She bred this out of her line because Spinoni's were like dropping dead at six, seven years old or, you know, from from Parkinson's. She bred that out. That was gone. So because that's kind of a rare thing and is such a good hardy stock, um, there are several universities around the country, Cornell being one of them, that they actually have breeding programs for all animals, like animal husbandry, you know, they, they got horse breeders there, they got the cow breeders there, and they have dog breeders. So my my breeder had a very good relationship with a couple different uh, universities, Cornell being one of them. And they said, uh, would you want to donate some of your dog's fantastic sperm mm -hmm. so we can so we can study it and we can study how to get this out of this breed and how, how we can maybe get Parkinson's out of dogs in general. And, you know, it's, it's a research situation. So I was like, huh, how bad can that be? So I asked my best friend 
who at the time was married to a man that he was not, the relationship was on its way out. Um, but they thought, let's save the relationship because the husband had gone to Cornell. So we thought, okay, well, let's, the three of us go to Cornell. So there's, my best friend is driving because I, I don't drive. My best friend is driving. I rented a big giant like SUV hmm. minivan kind of thing. So Marconi would have plenty of room to lounge. And the hostile husband that they're like, their marriage is not going well. So it's the two of them. And there was so much tension in the car. And we're barreling towards Ithaca, New York. And we got up there and we stayed in an Airbnb for like three or four days. And every single day that we were there, I took Marconi to this breeding program. And I was like, well, what do they do? They literally jerk a dog off. Mm-hmm. It, it is somebody. It is one of the, the doctor's jobs to put on these big ass purple gloves Get your dog excited by pulling a female bitch in heat, sticking his nose in that so he gets all excited. Mm. And then they literally jerk him off into a tube. <laughs> and he went to college for that. <laughs> he went to Cornell for that. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. A, a really good college for that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's how they do. It. I was like, oh, this is shocking. And my boyfriend said today he was like, yeah, we did give him a good life. I mean, what other dog can you say got jerked off four times? By a woman with purple gloves on vacation. Yeah. Yeah. On vacation. So, yeah. So he, he did have a. Very no, good, he had very good life. the best life ever. I mean, yeah. You were so sensitive to that dog's every single need. You made the dog's food every day. Every day. You yep. N- I made he him, never yep. ate canned food ever. Never kibble. Never. Yep. I, I cooked for him every single day. Yeah. Every he day. Cooked food every single day. Yeah. Hmm? So. There you go. Yeah, I, I well, just, so how was your day? No, it's, <laughs> I, I, I can't. It's, you know, I, I, I don't know what to say. I, I'm so sorry. I don't know what to say. Well, I'm sorry. It's a good start. Thank you. Well, Thank you. Listen, we all have to look at our pets and realize that we are lucky to have them in our lives. We're, we're, we're lucky that we live at a time that people really care about animals enough to want to care for them the way we've cared for our, our animals. So, like I said, I feel fortunate. I feel very lucky that I had him and that he had me and that we had this wonderful 12 and a half years together. So, poor Marigold is going to get like... <laughs> yeah, now you have another dog that just, you know... Who's not my dog, but now she is. <laughs> yeah, now, now she ain't going back because you need... No, no, there's no way. We're not giving Marigold, Marigold back now. <laughs> Well, did did you did you keep any of his stuff so you can breed another dog of his? Uh, the breeder did. Yeah, the breeder has some oh, of that. Okay. And I so she asked, "When are you ready for a puppy?" So I was like, "Any time now." Yeah. So yeah, you are going to happen. Get, you are going to get a puppy. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. I just, so big day. Wow. Okay. I think we're done with the show. I mean, I don't think there's any way that. Okay, well, that's we don't have to. Yeah, it'd be weird if we started talking about Kim Kardashian on uh, SNL. No, this yeah, we, we, can, we can't. Yeah, I mean yeah, that's we can't. Yeah, because I can't even do that. I mean, I got stories, but I'm just like they're all stupid. There's there's nothing that. Yeah. Wow. The weird thing, if you think about it, I don't know how your family was, but in Brooklyn, where I grew up. Animals were not treated the way they are now. You know, they were, you had a dog, you had a cat, that was your pet. You know, you pet them, you love them. They live, they died. You fed kennel ration or whatever kibble Purina mm-hmm. put out that week. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't like it is now. 
you know, and I, it's interesting when I look back at all the animals we had, you know, growing up my whole life, I never felt this way. I never had this sort of attachment. And my parents didn't either until recently when they started getting cats because they didn't right. want, yeah, they're dog people, but they ended up with cats that my dad got like so attached to, like bizarrely attached to, to the point where like when I'm over there, I'm reminded that their cat, she's the favorite child. Oh, I'm yeah. only, that cat's I'm only the cat's, uh, yeah, I'm the, the cat's money. sister. Right, yeah, I'm just the cat's sister. Yeah, I'm, I'm cat nobody. is Will <laughs> in the top of the will. The cat, yeah. not you. You're, right, you're no, like on page three. You're behind your boyfriend in the will. Right, that's I true. Think. I am. <laughs> it goes cat, <laughs> my boyfriend, and then me, and then you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They even remember my name, and the joke is that you know my name is Nini's sister. Right. Um, but they have been through several cats over the years. Because they get them, they get rescue cats. I mean, they literally, the first cat they got was by accident. They were, they were actually looking at dogs. They were going to get like some little frou-frou, fluffy mm-hmm. dog, kind of like, like what you have. Um, but a friend of theirs who worked at this, some project, whatever, project something or other in the Bronx, um, was coming out of work, heard something in a trash can, looked down, and there was a kitten in there. So she picked up the kitten, went to my mother's house, and said, I'm leaving for a week on vacation. Take this. I'll I'll figure out what to do with it when I get back. Take this and handed a kitten to my mother mm. who knew nothing about cats, who'd never been around cats. But my my mother, who is not like this, she's she's not cold, but she's not like lovey dovey. She's not she's she never baked a cookie in her life. Yeah, but your dad you know? is. Yeah, my dad is. So yeah. but but my mom fell madly in love with this kitten. Gave it, named it Crystal, and when her friend came back, she was like, "Mine." So <laughs> you, you lost the cat. So the, no, the no, the friend didn't want the cat. Right. Was going to try to find a home for it. My mother was like, "You found a home. <laughs> Talk to the hand. Like, get out of here." So s- thus begun their obsession with cats, and they've had several over the years. They've had Crystal's still around. She's just living at someone else's house now because she was an evil cat. Mm-hmm. Um. But you should see my, my dad. So when my parents go away on vacation, I have to go over there and stay there. I can't just go feed the cat, clean the litter box and go home. Mm-hmm. I've got to go live there and be the and cat's babysitter. all the time they to call, check they ch- up on the Yeah, to the check cat. to see if you're there. Yeah, on FaceTime. Let's see her. Yeah. So you got to be there. You know, you can't, you got to prove like there's the cat. I can't be at my house. Like, um, I'm going there soon. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so uh, this they have had, they've had two cats. One of them used to wake me every morning at about four or five o'clock in the morning. She would stomp all over me because she wanted food. And then she would do this thing that I call the morning meeting, where she would go get all of her little mice and she would line them up in front of the door as if like, if I give you these mice, you'll give me food. <laughs> you'll feed me. Yeah. Yeah, you'll feed me. So she'd have a morning meeting and then I'd be up at four o'clock in the morning because that's when my dad feeds that stupid. Cat. Oh, God. And it's one of those things where now when they go away, I don't just get like a note. I get four pages of, you know, if she meows like this, meow, she wants to be pet. If she meows like this, meow, 
She wants water. Like mm. they, 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 for some reason, they've, they've decided, they've interpreted every single meow. You know, if she moves her body like this, it means she has to poo. If she moves her body like that, <laughs> it means she wants to cuddle. Like it, it, it's, it's this big, long list of every little machination of this cat's life. And yeah, um, yeah so. And I remember one of their, one of their past cats when it, it died when they were away on vacation. And I mean, I could hear my dad, my mom called to tell me I heard my dad wailing in the no. background like he didn't cry that much when his parents died. Right. You know what I mean? But when he when he'd heard the cat died, I was like, medicate that man. Yeah, you're usually happy when a cat dies. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, I'm a relief here. God, I'm waiting so long. <laughs> These cats live to 20 years old. It's crazy. Take this back. Back. Back, 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 back. It's the Cooper and Anthony show. Okay, here's breaking news. I don't know if you know this. A chimp is not a person. Yes, it is. No, a chimpanzee is indeed not a person. In some communities. Who thought they were? Well, in Australia. Oh, they're um, always drunk there. What do they know? It's true. Here's what happened. <laughs> they got, um, so, they got kangaroos running around like squirrels. <laughs> so this guy's got a very human name. His name is Matthew Heisel Pan. Pan as in chimpanzee. Okay. okay? He's having, having trouble getting his day in court. Animal rights activists are campaigning to get Pan, who's 26 years old. He's a chimpanzee. They're trying to get him legally declared as a person. And the reason is because... They're worried that the shelter caring for him right now might close. And they're, if they get him declared as a person, they can get him a guardian. So that way his interest can be provided for, because um, that's the whole idea here. It's, and and uh, so he's got a lawyer, of course. Right. You know, um, Activists want to ensure that the apes don't wind up homeless if the shelter closes. Their upkeep is $6,800 a month. Donors have offered to help, but there's a catch. Uh, under the law, only a, only a person can receive personal gifts. So if they can get pan the declared word personal, person, right? Mm, personal gifts. They're not yeah. chimpanzeal gifts. Well, they're hoping they, they they can get Matthew some uh, some personhood, so that people can take care of him. So that's what's going on there. And the pictures of him, he's looking very pensive. He's looking. He he knows he knows there's something going on. It's not good. Um, and he looks very human like. It's kind of scary. The monkey does. The monkey does. The chimpanzee. He's 26. How many too, is that in young, monkey too years? Too young for me. No, he, <laughs> I think monkey years is, is regular. Uh, oh, okay. I don't think it's like dog years. Oh, so he's not 142? No. Oh, okay. Has he been in any Clint Eastwood movies? Um, uh, Not this one. Is no. he in those monkey commercials where they talk with the mouth like that? Yes, and because he wasn't a person, his agent stole all his money. Oh, okay. So that's the other reason he's yeah. in court. But I'm telling you, if you look at these pictures, it's really bizarre because the different faces he's making, it's sort of like he knows what's going on and he's reacting to it. He can't talk, but his facial expressions are... Well, you thought when you had a dog, your dog was part human. Well, my dog was part human. His name was Mr. Mr. Dog. Mr. Dog. Mr. Dog was part human. Mr. Dog. Oh, well. First of all, Mr. Dog had a little bit of an attitude when people came over that he didn't like. He would sit there with his paws crossed and look at them like, I, I don't think I have time for this silly you, human stuff that you're doing. You are below me. You are beneath me. Right. You may, you may kiss the paw and then go. Fetch me a bone. You may, you may scratch the bum and then you may leave. Right. 
Uh, but he did. He really did. He had that very. And we like to go to the park more than he did. So he'd be sitting on the couch and we'd be like, come on, we're going to the park, Mr. Dog. And he would look at us like, you go to the park. I don't think so. <laughs> and you knew that's what he was thinking, because as soon as we got back from the park, he would look up at us. He, he would look at us in a mean sort of way, like, I'm exhausted now. Are you happy? And he would plop down and just snore. He wouldn't even be he wouldn't even be like asleep. He'd be unconscious. He had two speeds, completely awake and unconscious. And it was very human-like of him. Mm-hmm. And our dogs that we had before that, we had a Siberian Husky that when my mom went to, uh, my mom went to Africa for like a month and left the dog with, with a caretaker. And the dog was really, really mad at her. When she came back from Africa, um, the dog wasn't talking to her. She'd walk into the room, the dog would walk out. You know, she would be like, come on, you can come on the bed. And the dog would be like, me on your bed? I don't even want to know you. <laughs> my master went you. to Africa and all I got was a lousy t-shirt. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Maybe my mom didn't bring back good enough souvenirs for her. <laughs> but sometimes, I mean, there's stuff that, that dogs do. Come on, what human thing does your pet do that you swear they're part human? 8776-COOPER. Well, my cat, we'll, we'll go to cats now. Okay. When, when the cat sleeps on the bed, mm-hmm. the arms will be, or it's a pause. <laughs> yeah. The hoof. The hoof, yeah. The hoof. What, what, what pause. Was, what, what, what was it that got caught in the grill? The hoof. The, okay. Anyway. Uh, it's a, it's a, anyway. So the cat puts the, the, the hoofs, <laughs> the paws, and back of its head stretched out with his legs wide open, <laughs> stretch out on its back. That's how the cat sleeps. That must feel great. Right. I sleep like that. <laughs> And it's weird when you look at that because you're like, <laughs> you, you want to lay down right next to him in that position and be like, yeah. Right. That is good. I could spend my whole life in that position. I like that. Mm-hmm. I see why. You know what? I, mean, I don't know if you're part human or I'm part cat. Right. But I think that looks comfortable. <laughs> but you've never seen a cat lay on its back with his, his legs up and his legs out just spread. No, never. Right. Never. Absolutely never. So... Yeah, no, I think animals, I think if they hang out with us long enough, it's that pack mentality, you know? Mm. If they hang out with us long enough, I think they start to pick up some of our traits, and, you know, quite frankly, we start to pick up some of theirs, don't we? Right. I mean, Sean Lee has to rub my belly. <laughs> when I come home from work, Ew. I lay down and make him rub my belly. Ew. What? Shannon, what kind of pet do you have? I have a chow mix. And and do you and that is a part of your chow mix that you just swear is part human, right? Well, yeah. Um, my my stepdaughter, she when he was a puppy, she would dress him up in little doll clothes, and he would allow her to push her push him around in a little baby stroller. Really? Yeah. And you know how most dogs don't like being on their backs and they try to flip and all that. Most dogs yeah. most dogs would not be having that. No, but he just he he loved it, and when. When she comes home, he's, like, right there. He has to sleep in the bed with her. Everywhere she goes, he's right there with her. Because she's a little human, and he probably looks at her and thinks, I think she's little, I'm little. I don't. Th- what's the difference between the two of us? Well, I mean, she doesn't refer to him as her dog. It's her brother. Her brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they act like brother and sister. They do. Everywhere, you know, they fight. <laughs> But they'll ignore each other for a little bit, but then, you know, it's all good. Oh, I love that. Wow. You know, she just reminded me, I saw the sweetest thing in the park this weekend. Um, And I forgot, I've seen this woman before, and I forgot to tell you about her. 
She's probably, I'm going to guess 112 okay. years old. Did she hit you? Yeah, did she attack you? No, she didn't attack me, funny enough. Okay. But she has terrible, terrible scoliosis. And um, she's, I mean, she's completely bent all the way over where, like, her, she's looking down. Like, her regular stance is looking down at her feet. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I've seen her in the park before. She has a cane and she walks. And a few feet in front of her is her dog companion. And the dog is a um, a mix of some kind, a big, furry, hairy, kind of like a maybe a Keishan. Or a Chad. A Chad. It's right. it's probably about 95 pounds. It's got some uh, German Shepherd in it, but it's like some kind of mix. And this dog and she, they I always see them in the park together. The dog will be a little bit in front of her. It'll stop, turn around, look at her, like, everything okay over there? You come in, and she'll stop and look up at the dog. And they'll look at each other for a second, like, I'm good, you good? Yeah, okay, they're cool then. Like, they, they check up on each other. Mm-hmm. And she's walking very slowly because she can only see her feet. You know, and the dog obviously can walk as fast as dogs want to walk, but he particularly walks very slowly because I think the roles have been reversed here. Even though the dog, even though he can't actually work the can opener, he does seem to be in charge. He's the pack leader. Mm-hmm. He's so, actually taken her for a walk. He's taken her for a walk. And I've seen them before, no matter what the season, I've seen them before in the park walking together. And it's very human-like. They're, they're like an old married couple. Hmm. They're like what Sean Lee and I look at that, look at the two of them and think, ah, oh, that's us in a few years. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's kind right. of human. <laughs> now, Carol, what human thing does your pet do that you swear they're part human? Oh, uh, Cooper, what's up? Love the show. Thank you. Um, I had a cat. This was back in the 80s. And, you know, I used to live in New York. And, you know, I had a little studio and whatnot. Yeah, I hate cats now, but that's neither here or there. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, that's you know, interesting. And I had a little studio. And I used to hang around kind of shifty people, you know. Mm-hmm. And I would leave the room for whatever reason. And if they're up on my dresser, you know, somebody messing around on your dresser. Mm-hmm. Are they trying to take your pot or something like that? I don't smoke no more now. But um, the cat, he would, as soon as I walked back in the room, the cat would just be scratching in that area and like, yo, yo, he took your weed, he took your weed, well, you know, whatever, oh, you know, she took your something or took your money or whatever. And, you know, after a while, I'm like, well, what is, why is this cat over here in this corner? Why is she all on my dresser and everything? And I'll go and look on my dresser and, uh, you know, this is after the person has left because they right. kind of signal to me like, oh, she took something. But, you know, I'm like, I'm all stupid and everything. And then after they leave, I, I check it out. And I'm like, oh, for sure. You know, she must have gone or something like that. And then um, eventually, you know, once I caught on and everything, I mean, it was just so funny because every time, every time if someone was just messing around on my dresser or... The cat would tell on them. Cat would cold tell on them. And, Whoa. Cat you know, was a narc. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, the cat no, was a rat. It was a snitch. (laughs) Dirty rat. (laughs) But see, after that great experience, I'm surprised you don't like cats because cats got your back. Yeah, cats got my back. However, they really can't protect you if somebody try to break in like a dog or, you know, they can't, you know, they can jump on your chest and like meow, but a dog is like, who's in the house? You know, that's true. Although, although if somebody does break in and steal all your stuff, the cat will show you every place everything was before they were stolen. True, true, true. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Look, that's where the TV was. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, thanks, Cat. The TV I knew. Yeah, yeah. Now, now feed me. That way, now feed me. Thank you, Carol. Now, D, what is something that, what's a human thing that your pet does that you just, you swear, you swear they're part human? Uh, my dog is a white German Shepherd. She's mm-hmm. about 95 pounds, mm-hmm. and she belches. <laughs> Big time, like a guy. Really? Yes, she does. I've had dogs my entire life, and I've had probably about maybe 10 or 11 dogs my life. I cannot remember one dog that ever that ever burped. Really? Oh, I'm does. sure they did. Yeah, I've never heard it. She does, big time. Wow. And she's a spoiled baby, too. <laughs> from the time we got her at, like, 13 weeks old, and she's spoiled. She has to go in the car all the time. Oh, really? Every morning with my husband. And um, to go in the car to go to work with him? No. He just has to go for a ride with her. <laughs> <That's so funny. laughs> she is, she's got us wrapped. Well, she's got him wrapped around his finger. Mm-hmm. Yep. But, yeah, she belches. It's and when wild. she belches, does she at least have the, the, the decency to look horrified? No, she doesn't. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, excuse me, I realized that was rude of me? No. She's proud. Yeah, she's proud. And when we hear her, we just start laughing. <laughs> I guess I've had. I mean, now that I, now that you're saying it, I guess I've had dogs. They they have to burp. Everything burps, but I don't really remember any loud burping going on in my house coming out of the dogs. Kirby will walk up to you and belch in your face. Really? Really? Yeah, he'll walk up. <laughs> ah! <laughs> and then then if if depending on if it's he he belching in my face, my wife laughs so hard she about you know wets herself. Right. And vice versa. Does he think he's contributing something by doing that? I don't know what he's doing, but I have something for you. Here it is. Uh, ah. <laughs> and he, and he'll sleep on the bed like a person, where he'll put his head on the pillow and like lay on his side. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Wow, Mister Thing. Yeah. Uh, now, Rachel, what is what's a human thing that your pet does that you swear they're part human? Oh, I swear she had a conscience. She really? Be, yeah. If if. Um, like, like he didn't see her right away. You know, I'd come home from work and she wasn't there right away. I'd holler for her. Mm-hmm. She'd, she'd come in the room and she'd have her tail tucked between her leg and her head all cocked to the side. She'd like almost turned like a shoe, a horseshoe, almost torn in half. Wow. And I knew she did something wrong. So I'd have to go and find what she tore up of mine. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So the dog knows what they did was wrong and they, and you oh, caught. Oh, yeah. But she still did it. And she still did it. <laughs> Like a rambunctious child. Oh, yes. And she was my baby for 14 years. Oh. Yeah, I, that's the mis- most bizarre thing, that she knew she did something wrong. She, the dog has a conscience. Yeah, I swear she did. Wow. <laughs> did your dog have a burp? No. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, the cat's burp? Uh, maybe. H- have you ever experienced a cat burp? I hope not. <laughs> it, it, it may come out the other end. Oh. <laughs> yes. And that's not good. No. No. My cat would, um, when I got home from work, would run to the door, and my children would get home from school before I got home from work, and she would run to the door and meow, and my children always said that, that she was telling on them for what they did before I got home. <laughs> <laughs> now, who knew cats were such narcs? It was just 
hysterical, and she also thought she was a dog because when people would pull up in our driveway, she would run to the back door and growl at them. Oh, really? <laughs> she was precious. Whoa. Yeah. See, I think now we just learned from Tammy and from Carol that cats are a little narc on you. Cats are rats. Don't do anything bad around a cat because they're right. going to go tell on you. Mm. That's really the lesson I'm getting out of all yeah. this. i got to be careful around Mrs. Meowingsburg when I'm there. <laughs> be nice. I don't trust her anymore. I know. Now I'm, now I'm starting to think, what have I done around her? Have I taken anything from my mother? Yes, I took a sweater from my mother. But I better give that sweater do. back. I bet that cat, since I've been there, has been pointing to that drawer where the sweater is this entire time. My mother's like, what's her obsession with the drawer? I don't really get it. But you always <laughs> take things from your mom's house. I do, but I didn't realize the cat was going to narc me out. Okay. Now, Brenda, what is something your dog does that is just, you, you swear your dog's human? Well, my dog, when uh, when I was little, well, I was babysitting my younger sister who was nine, not nine, nine months. Mm-hmm. Um. He, well, she sensed danger, and she ran in the house and hid underneath the table. So it alerted us that there was a bad storm coming, and tornado eventually hit. Oh, It was wow. pretty amazing. Yeah, the dog knew that there was something up. I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> wait, you I love like, the way the dog didn't warn you. The dog hid under the table to protect itself. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And the dog was like, hey, take cover. Take cover, there's a storm coming. Hey, I'm taking cover, so follow yeah. my lead. And yeah. if not, and nice knowing you. Don't get under here because there's not enough room. Leave some food. Right. And it wasn't once, it was twice she did that. It was. She was just a character. Wow. Yeah, so I mean, there's, they have so many human qualities sometimes. It's so weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, Laura. Yes. Uh, now, what what is it about your dog that you just think your dog's human? Every time, like we're yelling at our at my Pomeranian or fussing at him or something, he always has to have the last word. Oh, <gasps> like, how spiteful! Will, we will fuss at him and fuss at him, and he's like, Ur, Ur, Ur. <laughs> and then if he and then if he he still doesn't stop, he'll walk away, and his bottom jaw. Mm-hmm. We'll be like moving side to side like a little old man muttering. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know where he got it. And his um other rescue brother is just as bad. He's getting just as sassy. Oh, it's so funny. I love that he mutter- mutters under his breath about you. <laughs> exactly. Well, and his name is Little Man. Oh, oh I love now you know I love names like that. So he is just He's our little man. Little man. He's a little old man. Exactly. Grumpy little man. Good thing she feeds me, otherwise I'd bite her. (laughs) That's what he's thinking. Can't bite her so quickly. (laughs) Thank you, Laura. (laughs) Now, Aaron, what is something your dog does that you swear your dog is part human? Well, she talks. Not like in English language, but like I just got home. I was racing home. And uh, every time I come in the door, she probably won't do it now, but it gets annoying. You're on the phone. She just wants to... Do you have a husky? Oh, there she goes. (laughs) Oh, my God. What? You want to talk? (laughs) Now, when the bill collector or somebody calls, (laughs) shut up. (laughs) Is that a a Siberian husky that you have? No, a golden retriever. The retriever does that? Oh yeah, she just goes crazy. That's interesting because I had I had a husky that did that. Now she's not going to do it. <laughs> that oh, well. was 
That was great. Oh, my gosh. I never knew that Golden Retrievers do that as well. Oh, yeah. Now she's not going to do it hardly at all. But Right, because she knows, she knows that you're on the phone and you well, want see, her to. Well, the dog is oh, a yeah. female. The dog is trying to tell you about its day. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I missed you. I missed you. I missed you. I mean, maybe more along the lines of she may have some nagging. There you go. It may not be anything you want to hear, Aaron. Same, take a, out the trash. It's a good thing you don't talk dog. Right. Yeah. Because she probably has a lot to say that you probably don't want to hear. Oh. <laughs> I love it. She's looking at the phone like what? But my, I had a Siberian husky who um she didn't bark. She used to go. Raw, 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 raw. That's it. Yeah, that's what my husky used to do. Wow. I thought that was just a husky thing. I didn't realize other dogs do that. Yeah, she does the same thing. Wow. And my sister has a golden retriever that woo-woos. Really? It's like, woo-woo-woo-woo-woo. And you woo-woo-woo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you say, it's like, Bailey, stop woo-wooing. It, it's not a bark. It's like, woo-woo-woo-woo. <laughs> like a car trying to start. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Woo-woo-woo-woo-woo. <laughs> 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 I just love every time the dog does that jazz ball. And I go, yeah. And you woo, woo, woo. <laughs> <laughs> now, Brett, what is something your dog does that you swear your dog is human? Well, whenever me and my mother start arguing or my dad and mom start arguing, it doesn't really matter who. Whoever raises the tone of their voice, the dog will just get in between us. Jump up on whatever item is there, lean its paws on it so it can be as high as possible, look you in the face if you rose the tone of your voice, and just start howling at you. Really? Yeah. So your dog acts as the media. Your dog steps in and says, uh, okay, let me, let me mediate this situation. You shut up. You go to your room. <laughs> he jumps up. He's like, hey, it's cool. It's cool. Calm down. Wow. <laughs> and um, has the dog always done this? Did you notice? Yeah, He's done it since we rescued him, and he is, he is a husky, so he doesn't bark. He howls. That's all he does. The, the, no, does, does yours howl and go, ooh, and then yeah. roo, 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 roo at the end? Yeah, my cousin from New Zealand actually had a full conversation. God only knows what they were saying, but he had a full <laughs> conversation with the dog. So your dog speaks New Zealander. That's interesting. Uh, apparently so. I, I don't know where he learned it because I didn't speak to him. So he's a hostage negotiator. <laughs> yep. He's a mediator. And a singer. And a singer. <laughs> oh, you know, dogs all over the place are singing along right now. Chad will be. Yeah, there's dogs singing along all over the place. Who's this, Billy Ocean? No, Jeffrey Osborne. Oh, Jeffrey Osborne. Oh, dogs love Jeffrey Osborne. I wonder if Jeffrey Osborne knew when he was making this song that he was going to be the favorite of dogs nationwide. His dog probably helped him write it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Fido, I need a hook in this song. (laughs) There it is! Perfect! (laughs) That's going to be a hit. (laughs) They collaborated. (laughs) Co-written by Fido. (laughs) Now, Diane, what's a very human thing that your cat does? Well, I used to have a cat that answered the phone. <laughs> really? <laughs> like Chad does? <laughs> you mean we could replace Chad with a cat? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> what did you say? We could replace Chad with a cat? Yeah. Is, is that what you're telling me? 
That well, means that means the Cooper Lauren show. <laughs> that means what's your name? <laughs> now, what would the cat do? The cat would would knock the phone over or like meow at it. What would the cat do? Well, it, I, it was one of those princess phones that used to be around. This was mm. quite a while ago. And it would ring, and she would just knock it off the receiver, sat on my nightstand, and meow in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, she probably thought it was for her. Well, she might have, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and just in case it was for her, because she must have suspected she wasn't getting all of her calls. <laughs> you, are, you are giving her all of her messages. Now, right. the, the cat might be able to answer your phone, but can it type in your name and what you want to talk about? We could teach I it. I don't think we so. We could teach it to. Yep. <laughs> Thank you, You Diane. know the money that we would save? Tens of dollars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could get that bagel I've always wanted. Right. <laughs> Kirk would actually bring me a cup of coffee every day. If we every could day. Tens of dollars That's a week. true. Now, Michael, what does your cat do that you swear your cat's human? Hey, Michael. Hi. Hey. How are you, ma'am? I'm good, sir. Good, good. My cat uh, weighs 25 pounds mm-hmm. and got blue eyes and, and runs the house. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, when he lays on the bed, he lays on his back with his legs spread wide open. <laughs> like he's completely taking the bed over. Yeah, and he's completely uh, naked on his belly. Nothing on the belly at all. (laughs) (laughs) He's 25 pounds? Uh Uh-huh, solid white with uh, blue eyes. Oh, wow. Stop feeding that cat. (laughs) And uh, also, I used to have a cat, uh, used to, uh, what do you call it, feed kittens, and it was a male. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's just too weird. That's bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Michael. That just freaked Anthony out yeah, way too I, much. I gotta go. Yeah, he couldn't hear yeah, that. I can't hear yeah, he's that. he's yeah. a little homophobic. Yeah, that's... Um, now, Crystal. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> now, Crystal, what is something your dog does that you swear they're part human? Well, he sleeps with me at night, and um, he always gets under the covers. And then in the mornings, because I, I wake up early to to run with him, mm-hmm. when my alarm goes off, he always um. Hits his head under the under the pillow, <laughs> and then um, such a guy. Occasionally, I'll pull the covers off of him, and then he'll uh, he'll reach down, um, grab the covers with his teeth, and pull them back over. <gasps> no way! Wow. What kind of dog? Yeah, it's pretty funny. And I'll um, sometimes I'll say, "Come on, it's time to get up," and he'll just kind of look at me, and then he'll go back down. <laughs> what, what what kind of breed? What breed is he? Um, he's a lab shepherd mix. Oh, so sweet. I love, such a guy. I love it. The minute the alarm goes off, the head goes around under the pillow. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. It's snooze, for it's... goodness sake. <laughs> now, uh, now, Phil. Yeah. Are there times that you look at your dog and think, who's learning something from who here? Like, this dog is very human. Yeah, this dog. There's a poor guy has ear infections a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, I All right, can you, oh, I heard ear infections and I missed it. I'm yeah. sorry, oh, Phil. Yeah, get out of the pool and call us back. Get, get, yeah, when you get out of the pool, call us back. You, you can't swim um, we can send a man to the moon, but we can't get clear cell phone reception. I know, isn't that bizarre? Then they can't hear me at McDonald's in the speaker when I'm trying to order something like, <laughs> you can talk to somebody on the space shuttle. 
I know. If you went to the moon, you can order clear at McDonald's. Right. You should go to the moon and order your food from there. I feel like that's what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> now, Amira, what is something that your pet does that you swear they're part human? He used to grieve. Uh, he almost died once, actually. Mm-hmm. He just he grieved so hard. He wouldn't eat. He just sat there, wouldn't go. He would just wet himself from poop where he was. Because uh, we had to give him away. What was he and sad about? He just, he missed us. We had oh. to give him away because we're a new apartment. They didn't allow animals. Oh. So we, and we gave him to a family member. We actually moved to take him back. And, and, and is he, we, was, he, was he happy after that? Yep. And other times if he wasn't happy or something, he would just pout. And he would just nibble at his food. But the only time he actually thought he was going to die was when we gave him away. But he he wouldn't eat. just sat there and pouted so he was going to kill himself. <gasps> See, that, doesn't, like, su- that doesn't surprise me. Suicide. <laughs> if I and had they have to, And they have to do it nine times. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite a process. That's right. They can't just kill themselves once. They got those eight other lives to, to, to deal with. No. No, you're right. Of course. Thank you, Chad. I forgot about that. One down, eight more to go. (laughs) Two down, seven more to go. That's very funny.